I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Joe, we have some return guests, and we've been waiting on getting these guys back on for a while. We've waited so much that when we found out the exact date on the return of their title that we forgot to book them real early in advance. So we're getting them in last minute, but just in time for the release of Jenny Zero Volume 2, Issue 1. Who is joining us today, Joe? So these two fine gentlemen and their sultry voices are back on TLDR. We are talking with Dave Dwanch and Brockton McKinney. Guys, how's it What's going? What's going on, guys? What's Hello, going on? Guys. Great to be back. Thank you guys for having us on. Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, good that you're having us here this morning and we're having coffee instead of whiskey, which is well, uh, the norm. You can always yeah, Irish yeah, yeah. it up if you'd like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was taking a look. I think the last time we had you guys on was a little over a year ago. It was back in March with, when uh, Jenny Zero One was getting ready to drop. Yeah. And now here we are talking about Jenny Zero uh, Volume 2. Um, so we were very pumped uh, when we heard that this was getting picked back up. And I remember, I think it was uh, Brockton who had, you know, threw something out there on uh, Instagram. And we, at the time we got very excited, like, well, no, we're just sort of, you know, uh, hoping, you know, that they, you know, this, this <laughs> gets right. some buzz and we get picked up. But when was the point when you guys learned uh, that Jenny Zero was going to get picked back up again? Uh, uh, sorry, uh, anyone could take this one. <laughs> oh yeah, it it was. It's been a while, uh, obviously, because you know we had to get the scripts in and, and get everybody, you know, kind of on. You want to have a certain amount of issues done before you do it. So it's been. We had to keep quiet about it. Like they were like, guys, you two are absolutely the worst about <laughs> like leaking shit, like your own shit. So please do not do this. So wow. we were very careful. I think we only both fucked up once. <laughs> right yeah, and it was yeah. just like we get, sometimes people are just you're just like so into it and i was like here's a page and they were like did you clear that page and i was like no so, <laughs> but it was fine and dark horse ended up retweeting it and being like hey you know if that's the least bad thing you guys are gonna do great so yeah it's been yeah. it's been a while it's been six months to a year yeah. and and we we started working on the sequel <laughs> right after we got done with the the first four issues and it wasn't because uh, uh, Darkers had already approved it. It was more like we're slow procrastinators that need to get the shit done. So we just kept rolling into it. And we, we ended that first volume on a cliffhanger, not even knowing if we were going to get a sequel. So we kind of just, you know, uh, went out on a limb really, and then just kept powering through. And then, you know, use that whole Jurassic Park life finds a way mantra. <laughs> and, uh, and by the time they approved it, we're like, great, here's the, here's the first issue. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Wow. So yeah, that's, that is a bold move, but it worked out for you guys in the end. And it, we can't wait to see how things go with the second volume. Of course, we already got to look at that first issue. But before we go further into the, the second volume, what is it about um, the reader's response to the first volume of Jenny Zero that stuck out to you? Dave, you can start with this one. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, it feels like, uh, you know, we've been, we've been doing comics for years. I mean, I want to say 20 years. And, uh, you know, getting a book at Dark Horse, you get you get a lot more fan reaction. Uh, and for the most part, all positive. I think the only um, downside to uh, or, or, or critic uh, critical uh, view we had was, you know, there were there were a few people that didn't like Jenny as a person, as a human. And we're <laughs> like, well, good. That was the point. So thank you. Right. For real. But, yeah. Yeah. It's hard because, you you know, you want every uh, you want every uh, hero to be a hero, but they have to start somewhere. Right. I mm. mean, not, and not everything is, is rainbows and butterflies. 
So yeah, uh, yeah. Jenny's particularly flawed. That's that's part yeah. of her her character. That was part of the thing is like seeing this, you know, her arc as she comes up from being this complete fuck up to like taking a little bit of responsibility and kind of the things that happen. And even in volume two, she's she's still a fuck up. She's mm. still like you you kind of default back to that like I don't know, just one drink and that turns into two drinks and then three drinks and then you wake up the next morning going ah shit i did it again yeah, i woke up next to brackton mckinney again how the uh, hell did that happen that's and that's very jenny zero so it's right. like so she even though she is uh following a lot more in her father's footsteps and trying really hard and listening to dana's advice she's still she's still got some amazing fuck-ups in this volume right. and so yeah well, and I think that's what we love too. Sorry, not to not to cut you off there, Dave, but I think that's I think why we love indie books so much on the show, and I think in general is when you know we're so used to our superheroes, you know, being you know sort of you know very cookie cutter, very prim and proper. I mean, like in Marvel, the 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 biggest flaw a character has is Tony Stark is a prick, right? That's okay. <laughs> but like with Jetty Zero, you, you get you get the whole gamut, and I think that's you know part of why Nick and I sort of fell in love with this book. Yeah, it was also like uh, we didn't want her to be like this super dark character. I think there's there's a you know we wanted to be fun. It was like there's there's that superhero which I love, like the boys and stuff, where it's just super hyper violent and like just like this you've never seen evil like this before but we kind of wanted her to be like what happens if like one of us one of our friends is a superhero like you know like they're not evil people but they're also like you're like god damn it you know did something the next day the next week or whatever so sort of making her an amalgam of all of our our friends dana is all of our friends and then really jenny like kind of the worst parts of me and dave Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like that the friend that um I, I the way I see it now is like kind of the friend who like you went to high school with and then they somehow turn into a doctor someday. And right. Like, I, I don't want that person operating on me <laughs> or anything. No, 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 no. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, now. the least likely. Exactly. Yeah. That feels like a great skit though, right? Like if you're if you're going to a proctologist and it's that <laughs> that fuck up guy from high school, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred. In your bum bum, you're like, what in the yeah. hell is going on here? Not this is what Fred. I signed up for at all. I didn't realize that going to high school with this guy was gonna end this way. I, well, I, Joe's a Joe's a chiropractor, and I have an, I have another friend from high school who's a chiropractor, and like I would trust Joe, Joe to go and crack my neck if I needed it. But yeah, I got this yeah. other guy who's like, you what? You, you, I, I see him post these videos. I'm like, no shot, no thank you. He's my Jenny Zero kind of. Right, right. right. You're like, sloppy right. Fred, sloppy right. Fred. Shake my hands. Neck. Yeah, no thank you. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, when we spoke to you guys last time, and you mentioned it a little bit uh, to kick us off here, but when we last time we talked, you had mentioned that you know you had the first arc of Jenny Zero, you know, done and and all mapped out, and you had you know second and possibly third arcs you know ready to go or the ideas for them ready to go when after jenny jenny zero volume one finished and then you start diving into volume two a little bit did your did your plan shift a little bit like from your original idea from what you had for this second volume uh planned out because of you know the success and the way that volume one went or have you uh you know changed a little bit or sort of stayed on track I, th I think there was some retooling going on there just a little bit. I think that over overall, the story stayed pretty, pretty much the same. Right, Brock? And then and then yeah. like little, little tweaks here and there. And then, you know, there's always that, that especially working with Brock, there's a uh, level of spontaneity that happens where you're like, oh, fuck, we just came up with something new that wasn't expected just because we're both, you know, going back and forth on it. Yeah, there's a lot of 
to answer the question directly, um, there was we realized in those last two issues of the first volume that uh, Dana is not as present as she is in the, the first two issues. And people really loved that connection between Dana and Jenny. And so, you know, even though we had mapped it out, we definitely and, and Dana was a lot of it. We were like, let's make sure we really get Dana in there and her relationship, because it is super important to Jenny and keeps her grounded. And it's very easy for us to write because one of us plays Jenny and one of us plays Dana in our real lives, like all the time. <laughs> so those conversations are very much McKinney and Dwanch, like going back and forth. So that, and then with the spontaneity thing, a lot of times that we'd have like, this is an action scene. This is a fight. We knew it was going to be there. But as we started talking about it, we'd start laughing and be like, but what if she, but what if he's like, no, we can't. Yeah, we're going to do it. Let's let her do that. And that's like, so you got some real cool stuff that comes out of that. I was just shooting the shit back and forth. So when you guys, you, you kind of hinted at a little bit how like you were, you knew about when this was going to get picked up for the second volume, but you guys had, you were told to keep your mouth shut. So I'm assuming this, that's the answer to my question, but you, to us, it seemed like you were waiting a while. You know, we, we had checked in with you. We know you were you know, posting stuff, you know, to the masses and everything, mm -hmm. but what was the most challenging part for you between the, the final, the final issue of the first volume to the announcement of the second volume? Brock, you can start with this one. Uh, it was just like that feeling of like, we want to tell you guys, we want to show you, like, we already have pages, we already have panels and look how crazy this is. And we had, uh, Dave found, uh, Arnaldo, who is our new co colorist. Mm. And that guy started turning in pages and it was just like <laughs> mind blowing. And so we really were like, Oh, what do you see the new colors on this? But we kept it very, very hush hush. But I, we're both jabber mouths, man. You know, we both want to mm. talk about it and show, show it off. And we were so happy that people were going to get more Jenny and that they like Jenny. Mm. So that was pretty rough. But in the meantime, we were still just like really busting our asses trying to make this volume better than the first volume, especially the fourth issue, because we kind of had to rush a little bit at the end of the first volume. We thought we were going to have five issues and we had four issues, but That's the right. fourth issue of this volume is was is exactly as planned and we worked i've never worked that hard on a singular issue but me and dave like it was it took months for that one issue I'd and it never so. takes months yeah. yeah yeah and and a lot of that is uh, uh fight choreography i mean <laughs> I, I i would say that we're not we're not bad at that stuff right but when you have something that is as epic as what we did in the fourth issue of this volume uh this new one uh, it it's, it's a different level of choreography. And then when you're writing scenes that are butting up next to each other, like I would handle an action scene and Brock would handle the next transition of that scene. And then we would come back together and rewrite all of it so that it was seamless. And then also trying to show people, you know, shit that they've never seen before. And I think we, we really succeeded in this one. And I'm like amped to see what people think of this uh, because not only is the action leveled up, but the entire story is just tighter and, uh, you know, it's it's like uh, the difference between watching a Marvel movie and watching a Marvel TV series. You just get a little bit more of what you want, hopefully, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and you're not rushing through. I think that first volume, we were sort of rushing through to get to where we wanted to go for this volume. And I'm, I'm really thankful that the audience responded the way they did in the, on the first volume. But this one is going to knock them on their asses for sure. So... You just mentioned it a second ago with Arnaldo, with um, Arnaldo taking over, you know, for the colors. Was that 
you know, a conscious decision that you guys wanted to make, you know, between volume one, and volume two, like we wanted to mix it up, get a new colorist in there. And was magenta part of that, that process as well? Uh, because <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that I really noticed when reading this first issue, it just popped just a little bit more those colors. It was, it was a little bit more vibrant. Uh, was that just a scheduling thing or is that like a conscious decision that you guys made that you wanted to sort of make that change? It, it honestly was a scheduling thing. It was uh, the original colorist was was Megan and she she had done issue one and that was sort of the template. And then um, Daniel Arudamasa came in and did the next and he was he's very good at like figuring out like how, what worked in that one and, and doing it. But he's an amazing artist in his own right and an animator. And he just couldn't come in and he was like, I can't commit to another four issues. So Dave started looking and Dave's the color guy where he's like, I have to look, they've got to see this and it's green. Why is it this? And the palette, that's the wrong entire look for the, the flashback, you know, and stuff. So, wow, that Dave sounds like a real dick. Like, <laughs> I'll kill you, Brockton. What? Why? What did I do? Uh, no, but he was just he wanted to find the right guy to do it. And so he worked real hard on making sure that when when the pages did start coming in, he was like, I'm about to blow your fucking mind off, man. I was like, all right, let me see. And honestly, yeah, it's like they do. They pop. They look like a, almost like, you know, animation cells. They're like, and Magenta worked very tightly with uh, Arnaldo to be like, because he was just so stoked to see that on his work. So mm. he kind of, they're, they're, you know, figuring out stuff and being this kick-ass team that works together. And you can kind of see it even progress as the, the series goes on. Like issue two is better. Or issue three is better. Issue four is going to fuck people up. Like it's just crazy looking. Shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. speaking of like the, their working relationship with you guys in Magenta, have you noticed, I would assume you have over time a, a difference in your working relationship with him as you move into the second volume. Dave, you can start with this one. Yeah. You know, there, there's just more of a level of trust. I think, uh, you know, it used to be, uh, you know, show us the 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 layouts. Uh, you know, we deliver the script. He'd show us layouts, and he'd go. It's almost to the point now where we we can almost shorthand the scripts a bit because we know what he's capable of, and so uh, it's easier on our end to write it, uh, and then on his end, it's easier to execute because there's that level of trust where we don't have to go back and noodle things. Um, you know, we don't need to be as nearly as specific as we had to be before because the world is established a bit. Um, and, you know, honestly, I think that the, what I could say hasn't changed is, is the joy that we get when we get those pages back. I mean, it's crazy. And I mean, we we're still, we're getting pages back now for issue three. Is it three? Yeah, it's three, three, three. three. Um, and man, he's just getting way, I mean, better and better. And I think part of the trick of being a comic book artist is being able to maintain a, a quality level and a, a level of speed. And mm. he's definitely figured that out. Uh, when we were doing the first one, he was still kind of finding his way. Uh, now it's just like, dude's a pro. I mean, not that he was unprofessional before, but I mean, the guy is solid as a rock now. Sure. Yeah, I mean that was it was one of the first things I noticed, you know, when flipping through, you know, the book is that like I love Magenta King's art in the first volume, and it, it feels like he's just taking it to another level with yeah. the second volume, and then you mix that with the colors, and it just like I said, it it fucking pops, and it's yeah. vibrant, and it's I mean it's 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 everything you want when you're when you're reading a comic book, you're getting a, a great story, a character that you love, and then and the art just sort of you know pulls it all together um thanks yeah yeah i feel the same way i don't think we're gonna win any awards i don't think that that's what this book's about right this book is for people that enjoy reading comic yeah. books and i think that we like 
really nailed that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's like looking at Rotten Tomatoes, like the critics are gonna be like 30%, and then the audience is gonna be like 98%. And <laughs> really, I would I would much rather uh, uh please the people on the, the, the fan side of things. You know? I wouldn't I wouldn't sell you guys something yourself that short. Jeez. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 tough. Did sound I was like 30%. God. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. I thought I thought I you'd like 30%. That I, I like that you're like down selling it though. That's great. We're like, we don't know if it's any good or not. so with with volume one you know we see jenny sort of in all her glory her pill popping beer drinking whiskey drinking glory and we see her evolution uh you know from issue one to to to, you know issue four there uh is there anything about jenny that's a little different that you want to explore with her character in the second volume brockton you can uh, take this one to start Oh yeah, absolutely. She, uh, I think the main thing is taking responsibility for your actions. Like that was the thing is like, she would do that stuff and be like, fuck it. Sorry. You know, like whatever it was, she was just like, I don't know, man, nothing to be done about that. So in this one, she's slowly realizing, you know, accountability. And even if she does fuck up, she's trying to use it as a learning experience and, uh, and not make that mistake again. So that was kind of important for us to, to have in there. And, and she's just a very easy character to write, very organic. Uh, once the story is kind of set in place, we just go, you can you can see where Jenny's going. And then Jenny just starts to direct the story. So you're like, oh yeah, this would this was, and she's probably going to do this and that's going to derail what we wanted. But like, that's what Jenny does. So yeah, so it was just a matter of her actually realizing that her actions have consequences, I think was big for us. We talked about this when we when we interviewed you guys the first time about the the cohesiveness no, Jesus the cohesiveness there we go of you know you two writing together because it really does feel like one person is writing the story you, you don't get those two distinct separate voices that you can sometimes get when when more than one person's writing a book what are the scenes or or what are the the the, the parts that you guys you know is it just like you take this page I'll take this page or are there certain characters that you know Brockton likes to work on more than Dave, and, and vice versa? Dave, you can you can lead off. Yeah, you know, I I work on a lot of the the flashbacks, and there are a lot more flashbacks in this volume than the last. This is a, there's a lot of Mega Commander Zero origin story in this. Uh-huh. Um, so so I usually handle that and a lot of the Santo scenes, and then. Uh, you know, I think it was halfway through the second one, Brock like called me. He's like, I just got Santo's voice down. And I was like, cool, write that scene. So, uh, you know, I, I default like Jenny's voice to me. It's always Brockton's. And so even when I'm writing Jenny, I'll write notes to Brockton being like, this is a placeholder dialogue because I, kn- I know where we need to go. And I know that you need to know where the emotional tether is in that line of dialogue. But I I fucking hate this line of dialogue. You need to change it, right? <laughs> so a lot of us uh, working on stuff is what kind of washing over each other's work and just making sure it is consistent. Uh, oh, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, but Brockton is definitely uh, more Jenny and I am definitely more Dana most of the time. Although <laughs> on specific weekends, uh, we, we flip-flop. We do flip-flop. Um, yeah. yeah, and I don't think there's any singular page that one of us you know, it'd be hard for us to tell, even looking at the script, it's hard to tell like who did it or even originally what the first part was because we just keep going back over it and over it. So sometimes it'll be, we used to do five and five. We'd be like, you do five pages, I'll do five pages. You do five pages. That way we kind of knew where we were and we're following an outline that we wrote together. But now it's just like, I don't know, man, write it till the wheels fall off. You might get like three pages, you might get 12. 
because yeah. we're going to go back and just go over the entire thing together live and just sit there and be like, oh, no, no, this. And what about this or whatever this? And it, even talking about Santo, I was like, I would read enough of Dave doing Santo that I was like, shit, I think I got the voice. And then I did it. And I was like, did I get it? And he was like, well, if you change this part. And I was like, fuck, that's so much better. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I almost had it. He was like, you were right there, man. So it's like, you know, keeping each other, you know, honest about it and, and going through and really like the Jenny and Dana conversations. I think we spend the longest on because mm. we just want it to feel real and very organic in the way they talk. And we'll do the conversations and then change it based on that and be like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't say that or we need to say that or she's not going to do that or there should be a pause there just even just giving it that little breath of air before somebody says something else like was important to us because we're both jabbers and super writers where we're like Brah! so much dialogue sometimes it's nice just to let a panel breathe and yeah so i think we, we learned that in this one we didn't have a choice in three and four of the last volume we were like gotta get every beat yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we only got we gotta cram these things into two issues and we gotta get this done so in this one, it felt nice to be able to really plan it out and be able to say, hey, they don't need to say anything right here. We get it, you know? So that was nice. But yeah, I think as a whole, you would be hard-pressed to figure, we would be hard-pressed to figure out and be like, this page was originally written by, because it just goes through so many just drafts over and over again with both of us. So actually, I'm glad you bring up the the, the adjustments that you guys had to make with that first volume, just to go back to that, because I could have sworn when we had talked to you, you, you were under the impression it was supposed to be five issues, correct? We wanted it to be five. Oh, you yeah. wanted it to be five. Yeah, okay. yeah. D and then Dark Horse said, hey, how about four? And we were like, how about, yes, you're Dark Horse. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, because I was thrown off when we got to four, and I was like, this is the final one. I was like, wait a minute, I thought there was one more. But anyways, what was the adjustment? What were some of the, like the tougher adjustments that you guys had to make um, when it comes to going from thinking we're going to have five issues to do this? And now it's like I got to cram it into these last two. I guess I'll, I'll throw this one to uh, you, Brock, first. Uh, I, I think what we did was kind of like what I was saying, where we were like, we can't, there's no moments that, of quiet or silence or anything. You know, if you, it's like, she's training, she's drinking, she's fighting, it's been captured. That's like it. We couldn't put any of the stuff. And we had a bunch of stuff with the flashbacks uh, about her dad that yeah. we were like, this can't make it into the volume. It was actually going to be five was like almost half uh the journal the, the journal yeah, yeah the journal mm -hmm. and it was this lead up to it mm -hmm. that kind of went back and forth and showed the dichotomy between them and we just got we just moved it all we moved it all to the to the rest of the thing and figured out how to to spread it out over the next four issues of volume two so it was just really we got everything we wanted into three and four but it was just like there was no slowdown. It was just a freight train from that first page to that last page. Yeah, so the, this... the, uh, that fifth issue would have been a lot of the Kaiju Death Cult stuff hmm. uh, and and uh, all told from Mega Commander Zero's point of view so that we could then get the dichotomy of what is happening current day with Santo and then uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a, a potential volume two would have been about how Santo got to where she is. Right. And then we got to pay that out over this volume. Uh, and we were able to do it in a way that uh, felt, I think more organic. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's the difference, right, Brock? I mean, it just yeah. felt more natural. And like you, you were saying it earlier about, about the dialogue and, and uh, it, like I really wanted it to be as honest as possible. And I think that's one of the other differences with, with Jenny herself in this volume is she's a lot more honest with herself. She's a lot less clouded, but she's still a screw up, right? Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, that ha old habits are hard to break, but now she, she's starting to understand why she's doing what she's doing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's fun. And, uh, and it ended up kind of working out for us because a lot of times when people, you know, cut it down, say you can only do four issues and that and you have to sort of boil it down to the essentials. Like it makes for a better story. And for us, I feel like this second volume is a better story because we only had four issues in volume ones. That was the silver lining is that we were like, oh, you know what? It is kind of cooler to stretch this this uh, flashback stuff with the journal out over this. And this is how we'll do the reveals. And it really made us work hard on making sure that we got all of that into the second volume. And when I read it versus the original, that we, I was like, damn, this is fucking better, man. They yeah. made us they made us write a better comic book. Yeah. Well, and, and, and also, yeah, exactly. I was about to say that one of the major differences from volume one and two is we delivered volume one to them and they were very ex excited that it was done, right? But at the same time, uh, they didn't have any real input into it. And so, you know, coming in with a, a new fresh volume, uh, we got editorial on that for real, you know, and it wasn't just like, mm -hmm. oh, check the boxes. This book is done. It was like, well, what about this? What changed that? Um, you know, and, and our editor was like, I've always liked this book, but he's like, this is now my favorite book that I'm editing. And, wow. and so that felt really, really good as he's reading these scripts, because, you know, we didn't turn in script to him. We turned in art with lettering mm -hmm. already on it. So now it's like, he can see where we're going and see what our intent is in the mm. script, as opposed to just seeing that in the artwork. Yeah. 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 Cause, I, Cause I could tell you, excuse me, from a, from a reader's point of view, it never felt rushed. I know from writing it, you might've felt like, Oh shit, we got to like, really got to cram it down and like you said you're sort of you know working like a freight train but i think a testament to you guys is that it didn't feel that way when reading it because unlike nick i had forgotten that you guys had it meant to be five <laughs> and when i got you know through four I'm like, i was very satisfied and it and it, it 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 was paced you know very well fantastic thank you yeah i appreciate that for yeah. sure yeah i can i mean i can second that for sure like i just never like i when i got to when we got to the fourth one and it was done like i knew at that point it was the last one but i just I was like, oh, I guess I, I must have misremembered or something like that. But, <laughs> you did not. You did not. <laughs> but um, you mentioned that the Mega Command Zero stuff was going to be in that first arc. And now, of course, we get it. Like, I think the first instance we get it is on the second page of the first issue of the second vol volume of Jenny Zero. And I'm curious what – and I know, Dave, you said you're doing a lot with that right now. What led to you guys integrating uh, that part of the, the, the that part of Jenny's history with her father and everything, um, and his like you know, before her being born, I should say? Um, what are you guys trying to explore with this? Well, a lot of it is how similar you know, Mega Commander Zero has always been on a pedestal in in Jenny's mind. She, it's always this unattainable father, this uh, uh, you know legacy that she'll never be able to look up to uh, or live up to. And, uh, you know, with the journal, she starts to realize that a lot of the same problems that she's had, he's had. So in a way, it kind of humanizes uh, Mega Commander Zero in Jenny's mind and then also kind of helps her to realize she is somewhat worthy of it. Um, and then other than that, man, I just love writing kitschy, weird, flashbacky, <laughs> Ultraman style stuff, you know. And I feel like, you know, I'm in hindsight, I'm glad that that we waited because and magenta is so much better now than he was then and a lot of these flashbacks are rooted in a in a, a time period in a world that you haven't seen yet in this book and he's just better at it 
So if we had included that stuff in the first volume, it, I don't think it would have, I mean, not to say it would be bad, but it's just so much next level in this volume. Mm-hmm. It um, really shines. Yeah. And you get to see Fuji as well. Like her uncle, you get to see like mm-hmm. the, the friendship between mega commander and Fuji is a whole lot like Dana and Jenny. And they used to go out and drink and have a good time. And like, you know, and it was, it was this thing where when you're reading the journal and she's reading the journal, you get to see like that, like, oh shit, he's not the perfect dude that everybody made him out to be. And that's wonderful. And that really kind of, like he was saying, like, it's, it's an unattainable goal to her at first. And then she's like, God damn, it's very attainable. I am this dude, you know, like, this is like, this is, I can see like how I could get to that point. And this, maybe I am worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, being a parent, like, I'm not going to tell my daughter, you know, about all the times I went out drinking in high school and did all this dumb shit, you know, because she's always going to look at me as, you know, her dad and as, you know, bop, 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 you know, like it, it's it's just that maturity thing, right? Because we don't we don't ever see our parents in the same way that we see ourselves, right? Because we're, we're going through it for the first time and we're already seeing, you know, your parents at that point where they've already done all their fucking up and they've mm-hmm. had to figure shit out and you know and, and be the parents and so but one of the things i wanted to um i wanted to touch on is when i wrote the review for uh, jenny zero issue one i sort of you know described her i believe as paris hilton meets commando <laughs> so will that description continue to hold true for jenny in the second arc will she be more commando than paris or will she evolve to be something even different I think it's never been more apt than, than this yeah. particular volume. Yeah. I mean, really, she's because now she's famous. Like now she's actually instead of just being infamous, she's famous. Like and so she's dealing with that fame and trying to figure out like how she's going to uh, navigate these tours that they're doing and that she's the new Mega Commander Zero. It's a, it's a big deal for her and Dana, you know, being her handler. So I think that that particular way that you described it i don't know it seems like especially like issue three wouldn't you say dave oh yeah oh yeah yeah so issue three kind of really gets into that and you get a lot of i would say issue three is paris hilton and issue four is commando there it is (laughs) you know okay all right so now we've talked about dana a little bit and of course you know uh mega commander zero and and we haven't gotten any love for dean martin yet i'm waiting for his spin-off series (laughs) ah yes but i'm I'm curious i'll I'll throw this to you first dave uh who has emerged as your favorite character to write outside of jenny Oh man, I mean honestly Mega Commander Zero and and Fuji. Actually, you know, I love Fuji. I the way we've spun him in this one, he is a lot more of that that bad boy uncle, you know, like it's like you find out they're they're, they're oh daddy used to go to strip clubs, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so we get to kind of peel back the onion there and and I love 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 world building stuff. So flashbacky stuff is always my jam. Um so I would say like, you know, Mega Commander and, and Fuji for sure. I mean, even though it is Jenny, there's fla- because we know that something happened to Jenny originally that kind of washed her out, you know, because when we meet her in the the first volume, uh her uncle's coming to her and she's like hasn't been a part of it and she's been a fuck up and now they're bringing her back in. So what was the event that happened and you get to find that out in the second volume. So it's like the past Jenny 
who's super fucking crazy. Like, yeah. just like, if, if you think that the Jenny you know right now, you're like, that Jenny, people are going to be like, God, that is as unlikable as it fucking gets. But there has, <laughs> there had to, we knew who, we knew the, what was going to happen and we knew who she was going to have to be to get to where she is now. So it was really fun. And I know that's skirting around the question because it's Jenny, but it did feel like a different character because I was able to just be like, you know, what if she's, you know, essentially fucking doing meth and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like where yeah. it's like super bad shit, you know, <laughs> like we are like, oh no, what? that's crazy. And killing people, what? So having that was, it was really, I don't know. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did, but I was like, man, we are burning this one up. This feels good. We were yeah. laughing being like, oh, can we do that? Should we say that? We, we asked, we even went to the editor and said, hey man, is this Brett? Are we? And he was like, I mean, it tracks, you know, so all right. <laughs> he's like, oh, boy. all right, well, you guys are standing behind. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. so, yeah, so, I, mean, yeah. I think so. I think that's the thing, like like Jenny in volume one, especially during the flashbacks where she's dealing with how she fell out of grace. Uh, it's just all very raw. Right. And in, mm -hmm. and in this one, she's she's starting to find her way but then we're gonna then go back and tell pre-fuck up jenny and she was even worse it's it's pretty great it's pretty it great. is great i love the way that it makes you feel too because or i hope that it makes people feel because you're reading it and you're like damn she's still a little bit of a fuck up and then you see that flashback stuff and you're like oh oh <laughs> she, she's doing very good she's <laughs> doing quite well now she has made a lot of progress <laughs> so you know <laughs> You, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you know, you've got, you know, a definitive, you know, you have a good ending for, for volume two and mm -hmm. that there's the potential, you know, if, if this goes well for that third arc, do you have an idea of what that third arc will be? And if the first two continue to do, you know, really well, do you have more beyond uh, a third arc planned? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We have the yeah. third, third ones like mapped and ready to go. Fourth one. There's a fourth and a fifth that could be kind of moved around because we have like a not to, you know, it's like, who knows? But like we do have a kind of a spinoff idea that would sort of tie in. And you know, so that would technically be. Dean Martin. <laughs> oh, man, you know, I want it to be Dean Martin. You know that like I listen. Well, hang on. I got to show you something. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to he's going to torture his, his dog right now? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Look at that. It's the real life Dean Martin. Look at that. This is actually a girl named Beezer, but this is, god damn, this is 100% what Dean's based off of. Well, I'll tell you what, I read Stray Dogs. I never thought I would enjoy a comic revolved around, you know, just animals oh yeah but stray dogs was freaking fantastic so you could you could definitely take dino and oh, put him in a yeah. world like have that you, uh, have you had uh, tony on the show yet wait hey, one second let me put this have you, uh, you massive have dog no, we have not. This dog uh, email me afterwards i'll hook you guys up oh thank you, no way that'd be fantastic thank, thank you very you, much he's a, he's a great guy tony oh, is, tony's awesome yeah we think that he's coming to uh boston fan expo which by the way you know if you guys are you know doing cons and stuff you know uh, you know, like, trying to get Brockton to do anything these days is uh, like, if I, like <laughs> seriously, this guy. I'm like, I'm like, hey, why don't you? Uh, why don't we go do con some conventions? And and Brock is literally like, I don't, I don't really make comments, Dave. And I'm like, he's like, I make comments with you. That's <laughs> what I do. So, yeah. I, I love, I loved. I used to. I mean, I did. We did conventions. I mean, I was doing like 35, 40 conventions a year, like just getting wow. out there and trying to. Yeah, so it was like most weekends. Yeah, and then. 
there was like one where Dave wasn't there and nobody was there. And it was just me sitting at a table. And I was like, I'm just a vendor. I'm just <laughs> selling, I'm just selling comic books. Like I already have shook every hand. And I know everybody and I'm just sitting here. So I just kind of backed off from it. And I was like, I'll take a year off and then I'll jump back in. And then that, well, year, that well, year was the year that on, in March, like it all yeah. shut down. And I was like, well, that's a fucking sign. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Come out to Boston. We'll find some whiskey bars. We'll have a good time. Yeah. That's the thing is like, if there's something like Dave and me, like if he comes in and says like, we're doing Puerto Rico con, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Let's go. Like, you know, it's like, uh, uh, Robert Vendetti was talking about one that's in a casino. And I was like, that sounds fantastic. He was like, do you gamble? I was like, hell no, but it's like free drinks. You just sit there and they bring you drinks. You can smoke inside, you know, it's like the seventies again. So, <laughs> so yeah, if it's the right thing, like I would do it more for fun than anything else. And of course, if Dark Horse asked, then we're like, yes, mm. we'll do it. But I just did free comic book day on Saturday at a store. And it what was great. Yeah. Look yeah, at yeah. you. Yeah, what yeah. I did show up late and leave early, but I mean, still, I was oh, there. Oh my Actually, God. Yeah. Like, they, they called me out on it too. I thought they would, Grace was like, she was like, oh, show up late and leave early, Mr. Brockton McKinney. I was like, damn. I was like, all right, I'll stay. I can stay. She was like, no, go on. It's fine. I'm just kidding. I was like, well, I don't think you are. Anybody who's dealt with you before that's listening to the show, I want to let them know that this is the one thing you show up to early consistently. You've done it yes. times. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I love, <laughs> man, I love being on you guys' show. And this is perfect. At 930 in the morning on a Monday, I'm like, shit, yeah, work is on. Let's do it. <laughs> This okay. is work. I'm like, this is amazing. Uh, oh yeah, I, I was still uh, like, when he started this, I was still asleep. I'm like two hours behind you guys. I'm like 7:30 to start a podcast. Oh, I, I guess. Uh, it's rough. It's yeah. rough, man. Like I said, it's the people, the layman people across the pond. They have us on this like schedule now. So next time, well, we'll see. Brock likes us. I don't know. I no, no, no. It's it's actually it gives me a reason to to stay sober the night before. So I'm actually extremely uh, thankful. Yeah, it's more like Jenny again. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> well, after five, we're both Jennies. That's that's uh, how that works. Ah, uh, there we go. Sure. So obviously, you guys, this is going great and everything. We're really excited to see this volume continue forward. Um, for those who who haven't already, pick up the, the the trade of this and get started on that second volume. Well, we did want to ask you guys about other projects that you're working on. Um, Dave, I know you told us beforehand that you do have at least one other thing in the works, if not multiple. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually working on uh, a book. Well, you know, I like to say I'm working on a book, but the book, that book is completely done too. And uh, and it got picked up by Scout like two weeks ago. So uh, it's a book called Banshees. And uh, if if all goes according to plan, uh, New York Comic Con, they'll have an exclusive and it should be coming out in February of next year. And it's, uh, it's a book called Banshees about a bunch of, uh, murdered co-eds whose ghosts hunt down the the slasher that that murdered them so Ooh. it's going to be a wild ride that one is five issues so uh, i was able to, to pitch hmm. them on five and and they they gave it to us uh but yeah that book's completely ready to go and uh it, it it's another satisfying banger of a of a book but very different than jenny it's it's more horror and uh coming of age than than even jenny is so Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Congrats yeah, on that. Yeah. Thank you. Great book. Great book. I just read it and I was like, man, that's badass. Yeah. I uh, I don't I don't ever know what I can talk about. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to say, you know, there's some stuff coming. Yeah, there's some stuff coming. Um, Oh, my God. Hang on. Just there's one some second. Fingers and some pies. There's you some know, fingers and some pies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it. Uh, yeah, I do have. There's a couple things that are coming up. Uh, I can't talk about them just yet, mm. but it's cool stuff. But I mean, really, honestly, 
like I'm so I'm so excited about Jenny and just getting this this mm. next volume out and like doing this. This is kind of my my big thing that we want to do to push for. Make sure people read it. Make sure people read that first volume. Um, so yeah, this is what this is my focus right now. Of course, and of course, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, this is hitting shelves on May 11th. That is this week's new comic book day. Make sure you guys go pick that up. Um, Joe and I read the first issue of this, the second volume, loved it. It picks up where it left off, and there's some more craziness that's ensuing. So, guys, thank you so much for taking time to uh, talk with us again about this and doing it so last minute. That's my bad on this one. I apologize for that, but thank you again. No, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for having us anytime. We do it for every single issue, man. That is like, we really love having you guys talk about it. And we really appreciate how much you push it and how big of fans you guys are. And we are fans of you. So thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank you. thank you very much. I appreciate you guys for sure. Yeah.